Hey, this is Gwithain, and I'm talking about some features of my Mega Dungeon, which is in my RPOL.net game called Northport. Um, it's got a long history, going back thousands of years. Um, most recent work in the Undercity was done by Romans, and yes, this is a referential thing to um, GURPS Banestorm, which was the default GURPS fantasy setting a ways back that had real-world peoples and real-world culture because tons of people went missing throughout history that kind of got sucked into dimensional warp and ended up in this place. So you got a reason for fantastical things happening, but cultural reference points that make sense to people. In any case, the lower works were um, the upper works of the dungeon, rather, the lower part of the city, was built by Roman engineers, and it's got Romanesque arches and brickwork and things, um, and has a transit system, which is really a whole bunch of hallways between major points, and as well as areas where um, public services could be administered, like trash collection from common areas between people's basements. Now, this has fallen into disarray since the Romans have long since been gone. And 40 years ago, there was a major plague, and the fastest way to dispose of plague bodies was to take them into the lower levels, pitch them into a room, and lock it. Now, unfortunately, that's not good burial practice, so there's a whole shitload of undead down there. And the result of which is that there was an interdiction on entering the underground. Now, one feature that I've always liked about video games that had dungeon exploration, I mean, even like Paper Mario, is that there was always going to be a place where you could find a guy to buy rope from, or food, or a place to sleep and save. And some of those didn't make any sense, um, but I'd seen some executed well in... Um, um, Michael Curtis's Stonehill Dungeon. There was a whole level that was like a trade bazaar between the different factions. I mean, the food that the halflings they were cooking was kind of sketchy, but um, the idea was right. One thing I've had going on was that the, one of the first adventures I ran was there was an ogre named Vilgar who ran a fighting arena, and the first episode of, of the, the game was there were a bunch of people there watching some friends of theirs in the fighting pits and the joint got raided by the cops. Um, the issue being is that since the city is run by clerics of Hades, not evil per se, I mean their gods got spheres of death, wealth, and earth, and law. So um, their death and taxes. And this was an illegal gambling operation. So it got shut down. Since then, Vilgar has been looking for a new place to operate things. He happens to be a half-ogre who started as a pit fighter and worked his way up to being a minor crime boss. I've had a lot of people work for him over the past five years that I've been running, uh, six years that I've been running the game. And a number of the things they've had to do is clear out areas to find out if you got a place that's got street access and undercity access with a big enough space to have pit fighting. They've had a couple of likelies. In the meantime, several other factions in the Adventurer's Guild 
which is based again after the wonderful world of Eamon's Rogues Guild. Um, you know, down to having a guy at the front with a Scottish accent and a knobbery pointing at a sign that says, if it ain't nailed down, it's mine, and if I can pry it up, it ain't nailed down. Um, and check your weapons or you're going to catch a beating. Um, the... Uh, the guild has decided to get involved in the business of um, building places into the underground. And that it specifically served adventurers going delving. See, one of the things that's happened is that there have been some evil cultists about who've, because they don't care about the laws, have been going around traveling through the Undercity and doing all kinds of harm. And the priests of Hades want this shut down. So they've been granting licenses to explore the underground, which, because one of the priests happened to have a gambling problem and owed a bunch of money that got exploited, and now there's a lot of those documents around, and adventurers are buying them up and heading down to see what they can find. Now, below the Roman works, there's a lot more, because the Ro before the Romans came, goblins had been living in the area and had done a lot of construction. Now, I always would try to think about a practical reason for there to be a dungeon that's more than just, you know, the basement and shit. Um, and then I looked at Cappadocia, which is this underground city that goes for miles and miles in Turkey. And while it's cheaper to dig a hole than to stack stone, and you don't have to be a great engineer to do it because the mountain's going to stay there even if you dig a little hole in it. Um... I thought, why would you build yourself under the earth unless you're afraid of attack from above? Which works perfectly in a world with dragons in it. That's a great reason to go underground. And I had a whole historical thing. There's a major cataclysmic event that happened 400 years ago. And that is that a dwarven sorcerer named Fedderjung coveted the gold that the trolls of Trelheim had and cast a ridiculous spell, pretty much a wish, that did not work out to his preference. He was obliterated. Um, but he got all the trolls out of Trelheim and they pretty much got mass teleported under Northport. Now, trolls are not just the big Andersonian beasts um, from the Monster Manual, they're, they're a troll-ish people who are man-sized, still green and long-nosed and pissy and regenerating. And I have a whole culture built up for them. I will go into it more, but there, you can find that on my blog. Um, and the trolls were displaced to Northport, and the dragons of Northport were displaced to Trollheim where they were quite happy to find new hordes of gold. Um, in the process, Fetterjung was obliterated, but this was such a heavy-duty magical disaster that um, the seas rose, lands, uh, lands were lost, stars fell from the sky. Now, in GURPS DF, um, meteoric iron is magic-proof. And a bunch of it concentrated in an area is going to drop the local mana level to the point where you can't cast spells. Kind of handy in having both a desirable thing to hunt for 
that really impairs you when you're trying to get it. So there have been a lot of plot points I've built into the system regarding that, and they're still finding elements of it. And if you're in the Undercity, the areas that were destroyed by Starfall have been shored up by the original inhabitants of the place who would have the goblins digging for them. So you see areas where there's magical materials acting as counter-bracing, holding the ceiling up. Sometimes it looks like the kind of scaffolding you'd see in a mine, and sometimes it looks like black metal vines wrapping around the ceiling, or blood vessels. The people who did this are not exactly normal, but not too many people have gotten to meet them yet. They met one with a work crew that consisted of an ogre and metal plates nailed to him who was carrying um, a whole bunch of this material, which is known to be a magical construct and takes enormous amounts of energy to produce. So they've got tons of saucers on their end manufacturing this shit all day long. And then they send up a work crew of goblins and uh, siege beasts to go install the shit uh, to replace anything that's damaged. Now, I've been working on one of these areas that's going to be a shop. And on my blog, I'm going to be posting stats for all the characters who work there. Um, and most of them have been people that the other adventurers have met um, and got this place from where they were. They recently um, raided uh, uh, Blackmailer's lair and cut their way through his people. And when there was only one of his guards left, he surrendered. And that guy is now going to be the bouncer from one of these underground bars. And I had previously brought up um, the issue of um, orcs and goblins play Jugger, like in the movie Blood of Heroes. And if you check the Jugger tag on my blog, it goes on and on. Um, and some of the things that happen to you if you play that game, if you don't do well in your season, you end up with a bad reputation among other orcs. And it's hard to get work. And especially if you lost because you got an injury. So I've got um, someone who had a sports-related injury and is now a guard. And a couple of other people in the area. And there's there was a big issue with, um, because of sports-related problems, there were... Um, there had been a near war between goblins and orcs over a cheerleader from one side dating a player from the other side. And that ended up in a marriage that was brokered by character, player characters, of course. Um, but one of the terms of the circumstance to shut down the street hooliganry that was interfering with the guild's um, gambling operations was to find job placement for more orcs. Now, orcs in this game are a, a, human, a parallel humanoid race. They probably are the humans from their own dimension who've been over here and don't get along with people very well. But they're not pure evil. Um, we've got things that are that, but they're not them. They're belligerent. They're annoying. Um, there's a fair amount of assholes amongst them, just like amongst everyone else. But there are people. So... In Northport, 
there's uh, since the nearby nation of Shevnia had a massive amount of invasion, as there was a whole plot point about uh, people recovering a pay train that went missing because it was stolen, um, that caused the war against the orcs to be lost by the humans. So in that area, it's kind of like Lesserton and more. Just about everybody in the region can claim some orcish blood. Um, but they've settled and they've got jobs and they need a little bit more pull in the Merchants Guild. So there's movement there. But in any case, if you're in the Undercity and you run out of torches, there's places you can go. And one of them happens to be um, run by Ashbury the Outfitter, who sells this shit inside the guild. And the property he got for cheap to turn into a tavern above and below ground was a former tavern that happens to be in a bad part of town right across the road from a slaughterhouse. So it's Ashbury's Abattoir. The main problem with this was that the um, offal being dumped uh, underground into the sewer system by the slaughterhouse was attracting large reptilian creatures that um, were feeding on the rats that were feeding on the guts being dumped. And the rats would clear out any time this thing came, because it knew when feeding time was, and they would come through the walls of the basement. And this is another one of those stories of the bartender's got the rats in the basement and nobody dealt with it, so the bar closed down. Um, I pulled a shtick like this in Beneath the Fallen Tower, where a nearby province um, got nearly wiped out by plague that was brought about by rats in the tavern basement that nobody took care of. This is what happens when your players don't do their level one jobs. Um, in any case, on my blog, I'll be posting up the stats of everybody who works in the bar, and it's just going to be a thing. I'm going to do it for GURPS DF, and maybe next week I'll set it up in an old school system as something on the equivalent of, say, Tim Short's mini adventure, mini locations. He's got a couple of cute ones there. Um, I'm a definite betraying supporter of his, and you should be too. Um, also had a recent hello back from his wife, Ivy, who is the Happy Whisk. That's another blog to look into. Um, or anchor personage, anyway. I don't know if she's got a YouTube presence, too. But, in any case, enjoy your gaming.